Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Semi-Automagic, Inc., brought to you after our first and hopefully last hiatus. Uh, I, for my sins, am the DM Casey. Uh, the guy who runs this thing, Dylan, how you doing? I'm great. I am playing a wizard named Solomon today. He's kind of a cool guy. I'm a big fan. Today's gonna be I think great. he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's a cool guy. How about those two? Who are you guys? I'm Anthony, and I'm playing Rowan, and I'm also going to a wedding today. And uh, I'm Jackie. I'm playing Fiona. Uh, also going to the wedding. It's not our wedding yet, though. So. Aw. Well, yeah, no, it wouldn't be because we're not going to have Casey and Dylan Skype into our wedding. No, 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 that's going to have to happen in person. Can I Skype uh, into the wedding from the wedding? Yeah, exactly. There we go. From the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sounds about uh, right. I would like to begin, first of all, by thanking our listeners for their patience. Uh, we had some technical issues last time, and we're working hard to resolve those, so we're excited to move forward. And I would also like to thank uh, devoted listener and friend of the show, Shannon, for our absolutely amazing new logo, which, if you guys haven't seen it, um, head over to our Facebook page or our Twitter. It's It, it just defies description. And if you like her art, uh, follow her on Tumblr at deviouslyratedm.tumblr.com. Right. Uh, which is also her Twitter handle, if I recall correctly. All right. So, when last we met, um, Rowan had managed to ply quite a lot of information out of a surprisingly willing museum curator. Um... The museum curator did not receive the recompense he was interested in. And Fiona and Solomon headed over to the Westfield Carter Hotel, where they asked some questions, made some friends, and received a Tupperware full of butterscotch brownies from Karen in accounting. Yep. All right. Um, They're delicious. Yeah, they were delicious. Karen, Karen does good work. So you guys headed out of the hotel, and I think we are going to see what Rowan is up to. Rowan... It is a beautiful summer evening, and you are leaving a museum. Um, I'm going to be walking back to uh, the Magic Bean. Okay, fantastic. Are you taking, like, some skullduggery route known only to shifty people? Or are you, are you like, walking the main streets, seeing Portland? How do you feel about the town you live in, right? I I really enjoy the town. It is it is a nice mixture of of earth and uh, industrial. I guess I would say. Sure. I, I kind of feel at peace here. You know, I have this I have this sort of battle going on with inside me, and and in many ways, Portland has the same sort of battle. You know, going on within it. You know. The, 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 the nature aspect versus the, the metropolitan city aspect to it. Certainly. The city um, and the land. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I'm, I'm gonna walk down just a normal street. Like, I don't, I don't really take to the shadows that much, but I do wanna walk and make sure people know that I'm walking like a loner. Okay, so you're so you're very obviously being a lone wolf. Yeah, fantastic. I, I'm like every time I see somebody, I sigh deeply, <laughs> and even if I don't know them, and I'm just walking down, making sure everybody knows how how upset I am at the universe. Making your way down, down, turning heads. Everyone knows you're a lone wolf. And and seriously, as you do, like every. Every head that you pass, they turn and they're like, oh man, look at that guy. He's, he's so cool. He's so lone. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So where are you going? Do you head back to Magic Beans or you're going to go anywhere? Okay. I'm, I'm heading back to Magic Beans. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be checking my phone. Like, uh, I'm really hoping that Tangleforth has some sort of like information for me before I get to Magic Beans. Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, as you're walking past, like, uh, an artisanal fruit stand, your, your pocket buzzes and you have a text message, uh, from the man of a thousand accents. 
Uh, it informs you, somehow written in a German accent once again, that Xavier is uh, doing a thorough inventory of all of the dangerous and forbidden artifacts and paraphernalia, and that there has definitely been a disturbance. Uh, he isn't finished with the catalog yet, so he doesn't know exactly what may or may not be missing, but somebody was definitely rooting around there that shouldn't have been. Okay. Also, there are 400 winky faces and uh, an emoji of a man in a hammock reading a copy of Atlas Shrugged. He's a libertarian? Not necessarily. It could be ironic. (laughs) Okay. Um, I, I thank him for the information and do not acknowledge any of the emoticons. Fair enough. It's the only way. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you, I know you keep this lone wolf persona, but are you one of those guys where like Batman is the knight, but also he is friend to small children? Well, like, I'm, I'm not unfriendly. Sure. Like, and I, and I, I, I don't want to think of myself as like a Batman type character. Right. Like, I, I rely on people like, like, you know, I just like to pretend I'm a lone wolf when I'm sure. alone. Sure. Uh, but you know, I'm, if, if someone needs to talk to me or whatever, I'm totally fine with that. You're mad at the people, certainly. Well, then, as you head back to Magic Beans, uh, several, like, shopkeepers and local presences recognize you and give you a shout out. Uh, little old man who runs the barber shop, he pokes his, pokes his head out and he says, Hey, Rowan, when are you gonna come in for your haircut? Where I is said, this man from? He's from everywhere, man. <laughs> he's a newsie, can't you tell? <laughs> okay. Rowan, he's one of the newsies from newsies. It's been too long. You gotta come in. I gotta cut your hair. What's his name? Chris his Burke. name is <laughs> Barber Jimothy. Jimothy. <laughs> No, his his, his name is uh his name is Eustace. He's like a bad Christopher Walken. <laughs> so Eustace the barber uh says hey. I I say uh thank you, Jimothy. Uh his name is Eustace. Athletic... What? His name is Eustace. His name is Eustace now. What happened to Jimothy? I love Jimothy. Jimothy Eustace. Jimothy Eustace, good old J E. <laughs> I tell him I tell him uh uh, thanks, uh, you know, I'm gonna let my hair grow out a little bit more, uh, before I come and get my bi-yearly haircut. That's uh, fair, that's fair. Anytime you if, need me, go ahead. I, I ask him if he has any of that amazing beard oil that he makes in his back room. <laughs> For you, my friend, an unlimited supply. He reaches into his, uh, to his apron and he pulls out a little, a little, like, uh, like if it was in a movie, it would be the kind of the kind of bottle that would have like a skull and crossbones on, but it, it doesn't. It's just like a really really solid little glass bottle with a cork. And he says, "Whipped up a batch fresh this morning." I I thank him. I say thank you, uh, and hey. you know I owe you one. Oh, for you, the world. Your money is no good here. I know that's why I'm giving you a favor instead of money. <laughs> the barter system. Fantastic. <laughs> Well, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, I am Faye, so a favor from a Faye is is worth a lot of money. <laughs> it's true. All right, so Anyways. he heads he heads back into his shop and uh, proceeds to traumatize some young boys with stories of the war. <laughs> right. All right, uh, you get back to Magic Beans, and the place does not feel the same. Uh. When you left, now, because it's, because it's a public house, it doesn't really have much of a threshold, of course. Uh, but because it is Fiona Peakwork's pride and joy, it definitely has the flavor of her aura. This is definitely her home. And as you return, that flavor, that wavelength has, if the feel of her establishment was a song, there is a new melody being woven into it. Okay. 
And it's, it's high and it's light and it's not alarming, but it's definitely there. Uh, okay, so this, this isn't like a dirge or, or anything in the minor notes. No. Right? This is, okay, so I don't feel threatened. Uh, like I don't feel like there is a, a threat when I'm. No, it doesn't feel hostile at all. So, uh, I go inside. I, I stick my hand on my gun just in case, and I go inside. Uh, the door is actually locked. What the fuck, Fiona? <laughs> Why the hell would she lock the coffee shop when she leaves if she wants to run a business? <laughs> she kicked everybody out. You guys locked up when you left. Uh, when you knock on the door, the music stops. Like, metaphorically. Like, there's a pause in the energy of the place. Uh, it's kind of hesitant, kind of expectant. I knock on the door again. <laughs> there is uh, no activity from within that you can discern. There's a definite energy inside. So, there's something going on in there. But whatever's inside isn't going to let me in. Probably not, no. Okay, then I'm just going to stand in front of of her shop waiting for it to burn down. <laughs> Seems enough. like a fair play. Fair enough. All right, uh, so Solomon and Fiona, when last we left you guys, you had been picked up in a, uh, I believe it was a Ford Focus. <laughs> sure. And I believe it had flames painted on the side. Of course it did. Absolutely. And a uh, surly driver had escorted you back to the magic beam. Was there anywhere you wanted to go or anything you wanted to do first? No, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, so straight I'm, to the magic beam. Cool. You get there. Uh, there is a Rowan waiting outside your shop, and he has got a look on his face that is difficult to describe. Rowan? The, uh, the, the driver pulls up and uh, very plainly makes it clear that he's waiting for you to just get out so he can leave. Right. He says, hey, don't forget your vase. And he hands you the vase that you're trying to won. Uh, okay. I, I take my wizard staff and presumably my briefcase, because why would I go anywhere without that? You need your wizard documents. Exactly. Um, and exit the vehicle. Cool. Yeah, there's Rowan. He's... Tony, would you say he's smug? I feel like he's probably smug. Yeah, I'm very smug right now. <laughs> I look at Fiona and I say, you're totally going to owe me 20 bucks. Uh, Fiona, as you approach your shop, um, you may remember that when you were up in the lounge floor, you noticed a mark on your left arm beginning to take shape. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of burning now, and it's become much, much more pronounced. And as you get closer and closer to your shop, it feels uh, like a certain pressure is being exerted upon it by your own shop's threshold. Uh, is it, like, itchy? Yes. It's not, like, painful, but it's certainly not pleasant. Okay. Um, I, I make an effort to hide it without looking like I'm hiding it. Sure. You stick, like, your uh, whole arm in your vase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I stick my entire arm in my vase with no explanation. That's just and, how you uh, carry a vase. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I approach Rowan. I don't ever remember making that agreement. It was, it was, it was agreed upon. But this is what happens when you trust, when you trust the little guys... Um, we're locked out. Dude, I have a key. Bet you ten bucks that key doesn't work. My key always works. And I, uh, I take out a... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um... No, not a skeleton key. Um, it's a key, but it's like... It's so, like... Oh, and antique and like hipster. Sure. Uh, so, like, like an old tooth key. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of like it's not no a barrel key. No, like the word presumptuous is going through my mind, but I know that's not the word I'm looking for. Nope, three, two, one cannon. That is a presumptuous okay. key. Okay, that's a presumptuous key. All but right. He assumes that it can get in anywhere. Yes. Uh, so I, I approach the door and jam the key in the lock and turn it. Okay, very good. Uh, it catches. It unlocks just fine. And as ah. you, yep. And as you do so, you notice that on your door jam at, uh, we'll say probably like knee height for you, uh, has been carved very roughly a little mark that is instantly recognizable to you as being pretty identical to the one appearing on your wrist. Um, I make a note of it and intend to return later to try and destroy the mark. Fair enough. All right. Uh, you head into your shop, and it is dark, and it is quiet, and it is still. That seems normal for a shop that we locked up when we left. No, oh, that's suspicious. <laughs> what? Okay. What do you want to do? I take out my gun. No! And I hold it up in the air, and I say, whoever's hiding better come out right now before I get angry and dangerous. A susurrus scuttles throughout the room uh, from a dozen places. You hear little, tiny, unsure mutterings. And eventually, uh, two tiny figures come out from behind the counter. You recognize them as uh, Bicker and Cornflower, the two uh, presenters and frontmen for the We Free Men. They approach uh, wearing you, not wearing you, eyeing you warily, and keep their distance from Rowan, but they, they come up and, and just sort of sidle behind Fiona, like, you know, like, like a dog who knows one parent is mad at it, so it hides behind the other. And they say, hello, welcome back, everyone, says Cornflower. Uh, were you successful on your information-gathering mission? Not especially. What did you do to my shop? What? Your shop? We? No. Never. Um... We have just made some slight adjustments. Um, since you authorize you... these adjustments? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And she reaches into her tunic and she pulls out a little sheaf of like, uh, like stapled together leaves. And she rifles through one and she, she pulls it out and hands it up to you. And it's, uh, it's a little tiny leaf and on it is just written, I can do what I want, cornflower. I eat the leaf. Well, I see you're processing our paperwork. So, um, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead. You won't notice us at all. It's just some minor fortifications. We noticed that while your place here is very conducive to business, it is not so much protected from, oh, large fey attacking, other supernatural threats. So we were just shoring up some, uh, some defenses whoa, for you. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean large fey? Uh, they, they cower behind Fiona's shoes as, as Rowan begins to whoa, 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 and presumably wave his gun around. Well, says Cornflower, peering over. I'm presuming they're Chucks, Fiona, yes? Yeah. Yeah. She peers over and says, well, that is why we formed the We Free Men, so that the, the Big Fey couldn't push us around any. You heard that. We told you that. You, you sympathize with our plight. No, she sympathized with your plate. Yeah. So I don't see the problem. This isn't your place, bub. Yes, but I am right here right now, and if a scary fae is going to come and attack us, I would have rather known that before not killing you guys. Oh, don't worry. If something big is coming, you'll know it because, well, trust us, you'll know. Yeah, don't be such a weenie. I just would like to know what is actually after you. Hello? We've lost you again. Hello, guys? Hello? Dylan, can you hear me? I can hear you. Are you guys still there? Can you hear me? 
Yeah. Okay. It just completely fell out for a second. Sorry. Can you can hear me then, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what part did we? What part did you last hear? Last I heard was that if something big is going to be attacking, you want to know what it is. And um, Bicker just kind of pops up and says, "Those sanctimonious so and sos who think themselves lords of all the Fae just because they're bigger than we are." One day they'll come a calling. You'll see, and then we'll need to defend ourselves, and then you'll be glad that you have the help of the wee free men. I don't think we will. I don't is think that that's a trebuchet made out of toothpicks. Absolutely, it is. Our toothpick technology is moving at a fantastic pace. We've assembled a toothpick trebuchet, a uh, a toothpick Trojan horse, which we believe will be of great value later on, and indeed a uh, toothpick coconut radio, because we've been watching old Gilligan's Island episodes, and we think they've got some great ideas. None of their ideas ever work. That was usually Gilligan's fault. I look pointedly at Bicker. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um. Anyway, says Cornflower, to thank you for your hospitality, uh, we have prepared you a a lovely supper that we hope you'll enjoy. She sort of claps her hands in a uh, you know Lumiere Beauty and the Beast kind of way, and uh, from out your kitchen comes a wonderful smell and little tiny fairies carrying bowls of something wonderfully aromatic. Uh, come out, and they, more of them scurry out from little hidey holes, and with every passing second, you're astounded at just how many fairies have been hiding in here, <laughs> because the number keeps growing. Um, and they sort of scoot you towards a table and sit you down and help you with your coats and all, and soon the three of you are sitting around a table with uh, bowls of what appears to be a delicious vegetable stew. Ooh. Uh, Cornflower hops up on the table. Is there anything else we can get you? I'm sure you have a lot to discuss. You probably don't need to talk to us anymore, right? Is this soup vegan? <laughs> I... She she looks at Bicker. Bicker just kind of shrugs. Cornflower turns back. Absolutely! <laughs> Do you know what vegan means? I think it means delicious, and the stew is absolutely delicious. Was anything... Did, is this soup made out of anything that casts a shadow? Oh, no, absolutely not. All right, perfect. Fair enough. And I dig in. So we'll leave you to it then. Let us know if you need anything. Okay, thanks, bye. She turns to, to the to the crowd of, of helpful fairies. She she just says, Troops, scatter! And she does like a little jazz hands motion, and they all uh, they all take off in a million directions at once like a koosh ball. <laughs> and before you know it, they are gone, and you are alone once more inside Magic Beans. In between bites of delicious soup. Uh, I I look at Fiona and I say, listen, this is your house. It seems like you have a problem here, but I am enjoying all of the things. As long as they stay out of my back room, they can make as much soup as they want. Fantastic. I know the name of a good exterminator. He he, he operates from the never-never. He knows how to get rid of these things. And it's cheap. Is it Ricardo the Exterminator? Damn it! How did you know my contacts? You're not a secretive. Go ahead. What? Everybody tried to talk at once. What were you saying, Dylan? You're not as secretive as you would like to think, Rowan. Yeah, I know that. But let me pretend to be secretive and mysterious and all the other stuff. Please. No. I sigh deeply. And I don't touch my soup because I'm pretty sure it's poisoned. That's fair. Alright. Um, so, as you all gobble down your soup, I imagine you compare uh, notes, you figure out what you've learned. Rowan, do you do you regale them uh, with a with a tale of your meeting with Xavier Tangleforth the Fifth? Uh, yeah, the guy is super weird, and I I'm pretty sure he's a genius or just very very insane. Um, he, 
he told me that uh, the Preston, right, Prescott, Pres- Preston. Preston, the Preston boy uh, took a summer internship at the Museum of Weird Things, Weird History. It's been a while. Yeah, Weird History. It's all good. A Museum of Weird History, um, uh, which, as you know, uh, Sebastian, uh, is full of... A little, a little fairy named Sebastian uh, scutters along in a nightcap, holding a... Uh, Wait, holding, sorry. Holding, what, holding, a, holding a, little, a little candle on a thing. Solomon, sorry, I'm... I'm uh, it's really early, guys. For everybody knowing, we're recording at 10 a.m., which is three hours before my normal my normal. It's all good. Uh, so Sebastian, wake up time. Sebastian uh, Ferry in his adorable old tiny like night uh, night shirt just uh, scuffles off to bed. Uh, Solomon uh, uh, is full of of books written by your people uh, to help practitioners. Right. That's worrisome. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, that's how uh, he came to realize his magical potential, but there's no definitive proof yet. Um, uh, Xavier is, is currently doing an inventory, seeing if anything is missing. But he did say that something was disturbed in his archives. That is indeed worrisome. According to the records of the White Council, the Preston family is just a bunch of vanilla mortals all the way up the tree. If Theodore is manifesting wizardly talents, I suspect it must be connected to the rest of the goings-on with the city. Has there ever been a case of, of of wizard powers manifesting in a a child that otherwise has you know no magical talent in his family? Well, sure, but it's very rare, and given what's been going on, I really doubt that this is just a coincidence. Okay, well. I think the next thing we need to do is find the kid and see what the hell is going on. Yes. He is... We we do know that he's invading people's minds. It makes him dangerous to be around. Um... I look at Fiona and I say... Don't you have some sort of power where you can sense things going on within the city? Well, weird shit's always happening around here. I mean, I get that, but like, I know, I know you have this big, broad-reaching, uh, kind of talent, but is there any way you can like focus your ADD for like three seconds? And try to focus in on see and see if if you can kind of hone in on uh, any sort of mind controly stuff going on. Yeah, I could give it a shot. Um, is that is that something that you think Fiona could feasibly do with her powers? Well, I'm looking at her character sheet right now. I think you're referring to her whispers on the wind, which uh, is used to learn a piece of useful information. Uh, but Fiona, Jackie, if you want to describe to me how Fiona could feasibly use her powers to uh, you know, figure out if there's any mental skullduggery going on, if you think there's a way that fits with your character, I'd love to hear it. Um... Um, I mean, I'm fine with just using the stunt. I, I'm sure. kind of blanking on any sort of cool special thing she could do besides just shoving her head out the window. Okay, no worries. Yeah. Um, 
So, does Fiona have a place here on the grounds of Magic Beans? See what I did there? Where she can go and be, like, connected to the outside world, get some fresh air? Uh, well, there, there's windows all over the place, and there's a, there's a nicely decorated little nook that's got a window seat in it with lots of... Um, like pillows and books and, sure. and like fringy shawls and stuff. Sure. A Shawl. copy of, of my famous book written under a pen name. Of course. Uh, 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 heart of my, of heart of my mother, face of my father. Yeah, face of my father, heart of my mother. Exactly. Uh, is, is on that, that particular nook. Oh, what's, what's Rowan's pen name? Uh. I don't know. Something we'll discover later. Herschel Haberdash. Herschel Haberdash. Absolutely. It's canon. Canon. Three, two, one, canon. Okay. Uh, So, yes, Fiona, you go and you sit down in the little reading nook there at Magic Beans. Uh, The window is open, and the cool summer breeze wafts in. And as you extend your senses... As you quiet your mind and try to forget all the, uh, all the troublesome and distracting things that a body does that prevents a mind from reaching clarity, you begin to feel the breeze wash over your face and the top of your noggin, and it brings with it, it's somewhere between sensation and information. It doesn't bring you hard data. Like, there are 50 people currently eating Wendy's. And it doesn't bring you just pure emotion, like, you know, uh, a drop of every individual sadness currently being experienced in the city, because that would be overwhelming. Yeah, that, that would suck. But you do get a broad, vague overview of, uh, of the emotional state of your town. And there are a couple of places up north where you are seeing some really bad stuff. Uh, there are a few spots of a kind of black, decaying... Like, have you ever seen a, a beautiful fruit that has a hole in it, and the hole is starting to, like, rot and fester a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. There's a little cluster of them... Uh, up north, and they all seem to be in a certain area. And the emotions emanating from that cluster are confusion and helplessness and bewilderment and over over anything else, just a desire to make it all go away. Um, can I assume that it's kind of centered around where the Preston estate is? Uh, consulting your encyclopedic knowledge of of land Portlandia geography, because I assume that you have a bike and have uh, cycled every every inch of this city. And uh, I do have an approximate knowledge of most things. You do have an approximate knowledge of most things. That's true. Absolutely, you get a fate point for that. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, yes, your approximate knowledge of most things tells you that to the north is the swankiest education of institution in edu- uh, words, swankiest institution of education in town, uh, the Milwaukee Preparatory Academy, and also the uh, Milwaukee Estates, where the swanky sorts of Portland live. Okay. Well. There's definitely some seriously bad stuff going on. When did you get here? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm. The nook's just like three feet away. Just so you know, we can't hear half of that conversation that's happening. Oh, sorry. 
It's okay. I'll have to figure out um, a special thing we can do where if uh, if all three characters running jokes are mentioned in a single episode, like you guys get a pizza party or something. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Um, uh, did did it seem like was the was what she she saw? And I know this is kind of metagaming, but I'll. I'll get this clarified for you so Jackie can clarify it to me. Right, what's up? Um, uh, was she sensing the people that were, had their minds infiltrated, or was she sensing, like, uh, the Preston boys? How? She was sensing, uh, a locus where bad black magic was happening. Okay. Uh, the information she got had a hard time distinguishing between, like, person and place and time and, you know, more definite things like that. So you can't tell if it was where he did the thing or the people to whom he did the thing or any of that. But but you do know that uh, North is where he's doing what he's doing. Okay. Um, did Wait, did Jackie, did you relay to us what location uh, it was at? Uh, yeah, everything's centered around the north area, you know, where all the, the, the yuppies live, um, centered around the school and Milwaukee estates. So something really, really bad is definitely happening up there, and it seems to be I'll have centered to... there and not really spreading. I'll have to imagine that the Preston child is still at home. It would make sense. It is summer. I, I think we should, we should find the people he infiltrated before, uh, we find him. That way at least we know just what he's capable of. Yes. It, that will also serve to to confirm our suspicions. Right now, all we have to go on is Mr. Monday's... Uh, what Mr. Monday has relayed to us through a man named Sketchy Dave, which, I don't know about you, but that does not fill me with confidence. I, I've, every time I've worked with Sketchy Dave, it has not gone well for me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's in his name. Um, so, I don't know, uh, do we have a plan of attack, uh, that we should be doing tomorrow? Do you guys have any ideas of how we should approach this? I think step one should be locking down the warlock. Figuring out some way to keep him from from being a danger to anyone else around him. We can confirm our suspicions and see how deep this rabbit hole goes once he's safely locked away. Is there some sort of safe house we can use? The White Council has a solution. Alright. If that solution is cutting him with your fancy sword, I'm gonna tell you, buddy, I'm gonna beat you to it. I prefer no non-lethal methods. Anyone up. I prefer non-lethal methods. Um, I, I open my, I, I bring my briefcase up to the table and I open it, and I pull out a, a small file, just with a like one sheaf of papers in in it, mm-hmm. uh, and I slide it over towards Rowan. Listen, we've worked together in the past, and. It's worked out okay, but from now on, I'd like to insist on a more formal contract. I open the file and look at it. What is the contract? All it says is that I will be paying you rather than you seeking a bounty, and as a condition on this, uh, when it comes to apprehension of a target I forbid the use of lethal force 
except uh, in defense of your own life. I I look at him. I look down at the at the contract. And I look back at him, and I have like a big smile, and I say, "This is perfect." You know, uh, I, I'd glad to sign. Uh, I'd gladly sign this uh, in order to help you out. There's not a lot of people I can trust in this town, and you know, I'm glad I have at least one person. I look pointedly at Jackie again, <laughs> or Fiona again. Uh, how do I sign it? Like, I don't have, like, do I just sign my name? Like, is there going to be, because I know wizard contracts are a bit different than, uh, human contracts. Just signing your name will be fine. Okay. I, I sign it Rowan. I don't put my last name because I don't want him to have that power over me. Fair. A gentleman's agreement. I Huzzah. shake his hand. I shake his hand. Fantastic. Very good. Uh, as you do so, a uh, another another little fairy in a tiny business suit made out of leaves comes out lugging something uh, made of metal behind him. He finally drags it all the way over, and uh, he just does a little bow and introduces himself and says, uh, Hello, I am Hopscotch, Fairy Notary Public. And I'd be happy to uh, make this official. So he, he sort of slides the thing in there. And then he, he just jumps up in the air and stomps down really hard on the uh, the stampy bit on his little notary stamp. Fantastic. Happy to be of service. Take care. And he takes his, his little stamp and goes back to wherever fairies go when it's bedtime. You know, maybe this fairy infestation isn't so bad. I don't know. This This... This reminds me of my mom's place, and, like, I should be using an exterminator. I mean, free notary services and soup. I'm a big fan of both of those. Yeah, and the homeless person right across the street can do both of those things, but he also has weed. (laughs) The homeless... So three years ago. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> All right, so you have got your signed contract uh, notarized by uh, Hopscotch Notary Public. Yep. Very good. Um, so, the first step in finding our new warlock friend, I think, is paying a visit to his home estate. Getting up to the door and finding him is going to be somewhat of an issue. The Preston family is quite private. Plus, if I'm not welcomed in, there's no way I can actually go inside. Yeah, same here. There's, uh, we have to be invited in. We can't just barge right in. Well then. Perhaps a meeting could be arranged. You're a prominent professor at the foremost university of Oregon. Couldn't you go under the guise of recruiting him uh, to your college? He has been getting great grades recently. That's a fair point. That could get us through the door. Then the next step is getting him away from the house. I can go ask the homeless guy across the street if he can give me some weed. No, we can offer to take him on a tour of Solomon's College. Yes. That would work too, I guess. I'll, I'll be right back. I want to go to the homeless guy across the street. You leave that homeless guy alone. He's sleeping. Okay, fine, fine. I'll do this later. Everyone knows the homeless don't sleep. <laughs> Not in Portland, anyway. No. The nightlife is much too fascinating. Yep. Yeah. Uh, great. We will... Okay. 
hopefully be able to draw Theodore Preston VI into a tour and then break him away from any escort. And then it's a simple matter of a binding and a black bag over his head, really. Sounds like a plan. Shall we meet at the estates tomorrow morning, then? Perhaps we should meet here, ensure preparations are made, and we'll have a we'll have a car ready. Sounds good. Okay, fantastic. So Rowan and Solomon, I assume that you guys uh, take your leave of Magic Beans and head off to your respective hearths and homes. Right. Okay, very good. Uh, Fiona, do you have words with the fairies before you turn in, or do you just trust that it's all working out? Um, I call out Cornflower. Okay. Uh, she comes out in her little tiny fairy jammies, and she looks really sleepy. What can I do for you, uh, Madame Fiona? What can you tell me about this? And I show her the mark on my wrist. Oh, that's... Oh. Okay. Well, you see, that's our mark. That's the insignia of the We Free Men. Why is it itching on my wrist? Well... You may have noticed that we 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 did place a similar mark uh, near the threshold of our new home here, just you know to to set up various energy flows and 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 align the the positron flow and such like. And it would seem she comes over and and she she like hops up onto like the crook of your elbow and and looks down at the mark. It would seem. That our collective energy, the energy of our group, is mingling with your threshold. What the hell does that mean? And why does it itch? Well, I don't think it's dangerous. Uh, she you don't think? She, she, she reaches down and, and gives it a good scratch for you. Ugh. Um, I don't think it's dangerous, but I do feel safe in saying that... We are bound to you now, and you to us. Of course, the moment you let us stay here, the moment that you offered us sanctuary against those who would do us harm, our our fates were bound together, and it looks like that's manifesting in a much more overt fashion than I would have predicted. How interesting! She's waking up a little bit and getting really excited. <laughs> so, what does it do? Why is it itching? How do I stop it? Well... I would suggest some hydrocortisone. You've got some. But I think it's not a bad thing. Once it finishes manifesting, it might stop itching, and then maybe we could use it to communicate. I suppose that could be useful. Yeah, probably probably not like a walkie-talkie or nothing like that, but I don't know. Cuz you see, and she she pulls up the left uh the left sleeve of her of her jammies. And you see that she has a, uh, a crude little tattoo of the same mark. You see, everybody who becomes, who pledges themselves to the We Free Men, who falls under our protection and offers their service, gets that same mark. So, you're kind of one of us now. Well, it is a pretty bitchin' tattoo. Well, we do what we can. We put a lot of, you know, we, we hired a graphic designer. Oh, that's... That's pretty forward of you. Yeah, and you're the biggest wee-free man there is. I guess that's noteworthy. So, we're going to continue making fortifications here. We've noticed that this area's feng shui is surprisingly misaligned for someone whose glasses are as horn-rimmed as yours. But we'll, uh, we'll take a look at that and do what we can for you to earn our keep here. Just stay out of my back room. Sounds good. I will get everyone out of there immediately. Why are they already in there? Get them out. She she scarpers off a little a little comet of uh of of uh, powdery blue light. <laughs> All right, then I I just I give up and go to bed. Fair enough. It is the next morning. Do 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 do. All right, um, Solomon. 
What's yeah. uh, what's morning at your place like? What's what's Solomon's morning routine? Uh, it's a very cold shower. Sure. Uh, leading straight into um, sort of mental and mystical preparation for the day. Um, kind of a, a a period of meditation and and preparing to just deal with all of the bullshit that's going to happen today. Sure. Um, just drinking in as much rationality as he possibly can. Right. Um, probably like worshiping at the altar of Hobbes or whatever. <laughs> um, and then a, ho- a holy Kelvin ball on the altar. Right. Uh, and then a a simple breakfast of two eggs cooked over easy. Um, and a single piece of bacon. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rowan, what about you? What's a uh, morning like at uh, Casa No Last Name? Uh, I wake up and I kind of begrudgingly walk to... Can't hear you, buddy. I, I wake up and I begrudgingly walk to the bathroom. Um, the bathroom hates you, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mirror is painted black. What? So I can't see my reflection. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I look at I look at the blank space and then look down. Rowan is such evil kid uh, garbage. I love it. Yep. Uh, I I kind of try to to get a handle on my hair. Uh, I have a lot of hair. Like I, I imagine my hair is like like kind of down. To near my shoulders, I have a big bushy beard, and right now, I can't tell where my beard begins and my hair ends. Sure, uh, but I know I need to make myself look at least semi-presentable uh, if I'm gonna pass as someone who works at the college. Right. So I I take a comb the best I can, um, and I use the fancy beard oil I got yesterday. Uh, on my beard. Nice. It uh, it falls in line very nicely. What does it smell like? Um, it smells like uh, sandalwood and a little bit of uh, cinnamon and a light sweet scent that you can't quite identify. But whatever it is, it uh, makes your follicles fizz with joy. And your beard just decides to behave in the way you always, always wanted it to. The fizzing phases. Uh, I, I, I look at myself in my black mirror and I can't actually see my face. And I say, well, at least I can pass for a decent TA. There you go. Uh, I walk back into my, my bedroom and, uh, I pick up my revolver uh it's sitting in front of a portrait of my father uh i kind of nod to my father uh and holster it he nods back in your heart yeah does your gun have a name uh yes but it's a secret moving on Okay. Yeah, I'll, uh, I, I haven't thought of a name. It's all good. Okay, so you got your gun, you have uh, honored your father. Okay, are you heading out? Yep. Cool. Heading out. All right, Fiona P. Quirk, P.F. Chang, what about you? Uh, when my alarm goes off, I shut it off and quote-unquote meditate for 20 minutes, which is actually just me sleeping Sure. for another 20 minutes. Um, when your alarm goes off a second time, you you reach over and you, you slap your alarm clock and it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't seem to work. You open your eyes and you find on your nightstand a tiny fairy barbershop quartet uh, performing a stirring rendition of Runaround Sue. I just kind of sweep them off the bedside table and go start getting ready. 
That's fair. <laughs> All right. Do you have any special preparations to make? Um, I put on um my most pretentious um like art director garb. Sure, an infinity scarf. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I I paint a couple protective charms on myself. Oh, that's cool. Uh, un- under my clothes so that I no one's like why do you have paint all over you? Sure. Um, As if that would even I'm be weird in the city. Director. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really cool. And uh I d- I haven't thought of any particular weapon for Fiona yet. Okay. So, um well, grabs yeah. a dagger and well, you're a wind fay, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what about fans? Paper fans? That is so hipster. Yep. I'm gonna do it. Three, yeah. two, one, cannon. Yep. Yep. Two paper fans and a uh, dagger with runes carved into it. Uhura would be proud. <laughs> All right, um, you head downstairs and find that the, uh, fairies have already completed the morning's, like, business chores. Like, they've already set the beans to grinding and they've, uh, they've baked muffins and stuff like that. And, uh, and they greet you with, uh, with a hearty, Fiona! As you come down the stairs. Various fairies! Yay! <laughs> uh, Bicker and Cornflower. Come up and, uh, Cornflower. No, 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 you know, Cornflower's had enough spotlight time. Bicker comes up, says, Good morning, Milady Fiona. And he does this, uh, very, very elaborate, very formal bow. And he says, um, It is our honor to be guarded with the protection of our homestead while you are away on your important mission this day. I want waffles. Waffles for my lady. <laughs> and, uh, in in an amount of time that it is not feasible for waffles to have been prepared in uh a a plate full of steaming fluffy belgian waffles with whatever kind of syrup fiona's heart desires are uh are scu- nutella absolutely are are scuttled out and placed before her wait like nutella or nutella syrup nutella syrup okay <laughs> 3 2 1 canon great yes. fairy magic i love it um, there are, and there, there are various sizes of fairy. They're mostly tiny. They're mostly like smaller, like like half the size of a Barbie doll, I'd say, but there are some taller ones and they're kind of stacked up on each other's shoulders, like frying stuff. And, uh, you know, like, like three kids trying to get into an R rated movie wearing an overcoat. <laughs> uh, Bicker, Bicker comes back and uh, sees you enjoying the repast they have prepared for you. Is there anything we can do for you today while you're out, Mistress Fiona? Just don't burn the place down. Well, we'll do our best. No, no, you won't. You will not burn this place down. We will not intentionally burn this place down. I walk in to the magic bean as this conversation happens. Everyone immediately scatters. Well, wait a minute. Would the would the door be unlocked? Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, sure. Sure, okay. Uh, everyone immediately scatters. I heard something about this place being burned down. You're totally gonna owe me 20 bucks. I'm not giving you 20 bucks. I'll give you a waffle. One waffle. She hands you a waffle drenched in Nutella syrup. This looks disgusting. It is, in fact, delicious. I don't eat it because I know the little people made it. <laughs> that's both fair and racist. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say, actually. Yeah. I walk in and I say, Rowan, be polite, eat the waffle. I shove the entire waffle in my mouth and most of the syrup gets on my beard. Sure, which really <laughs> only makes it smell better, which you didn't think was a possibility. <laughs> Um, you, you nom down your Nutella syrup drenched waffle. It's fantastic. And as you do so, 
um, your your tummy begins to feel warm and full and happy and like the food was made with love. And uh, you do notice a a small itching sensation on your belly afterward. I look at my belly. There's a little uh, there's a little irritation there. <laughs> kind of irritation, like a bigger irritation or something no, else. It's uh, you know, like when a cat scratches you and it leaves a welt. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's like that, except it's uh, just more of a, a vague pattern. Right now, it's mostly just itchy. Are you allergic to fairy food? Apparently, this is why I didn't want to eat it. I, I, I yell to the fairies, what the hell did you do to my stomach? <laughs> um, as you, as you yell, they, they cower. I picture magic beans as having like a service window in the back, like, kind of like the Krusty Krab. And, uh, and you just look and there are a bunch of little tiny fairies just peeking over the ledge at you. <laughs> but as you yell at them, uh, you notice it begin to take shape and it is a much smaller version of the brand that Fiona has on her arm. I totally could tell him about it, but I totally don't. Absolutely. What the hell is this on my stomach? Rowan, you've got a nice like new tattoo. Kind of skin disease. I, I, okay, this is, everything about this is ominous. Like, this is a bad sign. I say pointing to my stomach. I think we should call everything off today and regroup once this thing disappears. I'm sure it's fine. Let's go see a dermatologist. I'll just visit the homeless guy next door. <laughs> he also doubles as a dermatologist on the weekend. Why is he homeless? He sounds like he has a million income streams. He's just a free spirit, man. Oh. <laughs> he well. can't be trapped in no house. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is Portland. Exactly. <laughs> All right, as you guys are uh, arguing over what to do about Rowan's tummy, a um, a classy black sedan with a tinted windshield and tinted uh, glass pulls up outside and uh, honks twice. Our ride is here, gentlemen and lady. All right, I'm going to pretend to be your TA because there is no chance on earth that I could ever. Uh, make myself look like a professor. Okay. And I'm like the art director or something. Alright then. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Fiona right. Peak Work, art director or something. Pleasure to meet you. It's <laughs> on my business card. Fantastic. She pulls out a business card and that's exactly what it says. Yep. I do this. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, the fairies made them up for you last night. Yeah, of course. They're great. Okay, um, so this is an important question. Are you locking up, or are you leaving the fairies to run the place while you're gone? Leave the fairies to run the place. Uh, I'll leave the fairies to run the place, but they do need to close early just in case they fuck something up. Sure, that's fair. Like burning down the entire coffee shop. Right. Like if you if you look at the daily checklist and burn the place down, is it like five thirty? Maybe have them close at four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I and I, I call the notary out and make them sign something saying that they will not burn the house, burn the place down, purposely, accidentally, or otherwise. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I feel like this is the same notary that gave Cornflower her permits to do whatever the hell she wants. Oh yeah, Hopscotch gets he he gets a lot of business from the Wee Free Men. Well, well, I ate her her thing, so it's not processed yet, so she can't do anything she wants until it's done. Fair. Processed. The paperwork has to uh, go through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all we've got. It's Dumb fantastic. puns and poop jokes. And you know what? It's working. Strap in, gentlemen. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> okay. Um, you guys head out, you climb into the back of the sedan, uh, the driver is a fairly serious looking young woman who is dressed, uh, very well and just sort of nods to Solomon as you all climb in. Where are we going? The, uh, what are their names? The Preston Estate. Uh, she, she kind of, uh, 
she kind of quirks a little bit and says, as in the lumber Prestons? Those are the ones. <laughs> All right. And she uh, she sort of peels out and you guys head north. And that is where I think we will call it for right now, unless there's anything specific you guys wanted to do before you head out. That's actually perfect timing, because i got to take a shower before we leave. Fantastic. All right. Well, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you guys for playing. And don't forget to listen in next time. You can like our Facebook, uh, which is Semi-Automagic Inc. You can find us on Twitter at Semi-Automagi. We also have a ah! web- Whoa. My cat's Whoa. bad, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know why. Um... You can also plug the RSS from our website into your favorite podcast app, and it will automatically download so that you don't have to go to the website like a caveman or your grandpa. And we should be on iTunes shortly, I hope. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the holdup for that right now? Uh, you know, their, their process, I submitted a link to our RSS feed, and we just have to wait for it to show up. We have to wait for it to process. There we go. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, all my buddies. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.